So I want to read for you something that is really just kind of outrageous. Uh, this is a story in the Washington Post. Thousands of maskless rallygoers who refused to accept the results of the election turned downtown Washington into a falsehood-filled spectacle on Saturday, two days before the Electoral College will make the president's loss official. In smaller numbers than their gathering last month, they roamed from the Capitol to the Mall and back again, seeking inspiration from speakers who railed against the Supreme Court, Fox News, and President-elect Joe Biden. The crowds cheered for recently pardoned former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, marched with conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, and stood in awe of a flyover from what appeared to be Marine One. But at night, the scene became violent. At least four people were stabbed near Harry's Bar at 11th and F Streets in Northwest, a gathering point for the Proud Boys, a male chauvinist organization with ties to white nationalism. Now, I can guarantee you that there's a bunch of journalists out there who would read those three paragraphs and think that there's nothing wrong. All the facts are there. They talk about the organization. They talk about the stabbing on Saturday night. They don't see a problem. But there is a problem. Those paragraphs were written the way they were, either consciously or subconsciously, in order to make the reader feel like it's those beliefs that the Proud Boys have that made them deserve to be stabbed. The first two paragraphs I read to you are meant to lead the reader to the conclusion that this is a bad group, and therefore, when it's mentioned that they're stabbed, that they had it coming. It's this compulsion, whether subconscious or conscious. And I don't always think that it's a conscious effort on a writer's part. I think that they've internalized their ideology so much into their writing that it's difficult for them to understand what bias is anymore. The lead should be that people at a Proud Boys rally were stabbed on Saturday night during a protest. That's the who, what, when, and where. That's, it. That's the basics of the story. Their affiliations, their beliefs, their rejection of the election results, those aren't the story. You can't even say that they're the why to the story. You can't say that's why they were stabbed. We don't know. What we do know is that people who generally go around stabbing people that they don't ideologically align with are typically psychotic monsters. To spend two paragraphs, long paragraphs, describing how terrible the victims were while mentioning that they were stabbed is to paint them in a negative light and try to, try to lead the reader to think that they had it coming. And the fact of the matter is that if the situation were flipped and that it's Proud Boys members who stabbed Antifa sympathizers, the Proud Boys would absolutely be attacked as psychotic monsters, as race baiters, as secessionists at this point because of their beliefs. But because it's Antifa supporters and Antifa sympathizers who stabbed, allegedly, these Proud Boys sympathizers or rallygoers or whatever you want to call them, we have to take a moment and realize that, hey, maybe the Proud Boys with their violent rhetoric deserve this. Now, the writer never comes out and actually says, well, maybe they deserved it. But that's the implication in the way those paragraphs were written. And that's the problem. Facts are facts. And yes, in those three paragraphs, you had nothing but facts. But the way facts are presented will always affect the outcome, the takeaway of the story. And the outcome, the takeaway from the story as it's written is to try to make you believe they deserved it. That is bad journalism and that is biased journalism. And it's got to stop.